Okay, so this is Elizabeth Chapin and Lee, Lee Jackson. Jackson. We're using last names this time. Oh. It's good. <laughs> okay. We're, we're out there. We're out there. It's, out, it's public. It's all out there. Um, and we are Austin Enneagram. And we didn't say that last time, but we, we are did. Austin Enneagram. And we are going to start with the two, the giver, right. today, because we're going to work our way through triads. Yeah. So we're starting with the heart triad. Starting with the heart triad, the heart shame triad. And the two is in the heart shame triad with threes and fours. And everyone in the heart triad finds their self-worth through external stimulation and feedback. Even you. Even me, and I hate that. Everyone in the heart triad is very busy feeling other people's feelings. And I like to describe it as that like your heart is a barometer, like a weather barometer, and that you're walking through the world kind of getting a wind test all the time through your heart like how's it feel now how's it feel now how do I feel now how do you feel now yeah. how does every you know and it's constant um or for me as a four it feels constant right and the- I think twos would say it feels constant right? right um I think threes maybe because they're putting their feelings away pretty quickly may not that might not might not register yeah I would say you're much. the only one that's barometering how do you feel probably do you think? I think maybe twos are doing it all the time and maybe think it that, that it's their own feelings. Right. Yeah. Right. That's possibly. Good. So uh, we said in our intro, and if you haven't listened to our intro, do go back and do that. But in our intro, um, we talk about the heart triad being called the shame triad and how shame is for who you are, whereas being ashamed is being um, upset about something you did. Shame is about, and the um, shame you're talking about here is who you are. That's who the you shame are. you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Twos are in the dependent stance with ones and sixes, which means they're seeking validation externally. Their sin or passion is pride. And this and, is a good place to say, which we didn't say in our intro, but every every number will have a, a sin or passion, and depending on the Enneagram lineage, mm-hmm. depending depends on how we define that, but each we'll, we'll go through each of these with and each sin, number. And sin is a, like a triggery word, I'm sure. Uh-huh. But I love somebody that I've listened to in my life describes sin as um, the ways in which we forsake who we are. Ah, um, so good. And so I think if we look at sin as as the way in which you primarily forsake who you are. I think that's a good way to talk about it. And so pride here, pride being the center passion here, is described as the inability to acknowledge your own needs and sufferings while attending to the needs of everyone else. Yeah. So you're you're taking care of everyone's needs all the time as a two. And you're so good at it. And you're so good at it, but you don't really have any needs or you don't you You've, pretend you like you yourself don't. into thinking you don't have any needs right yeah um so when you ask a two what they need they're usually going to look at you and say they don't know right? or that they don't need anything true yeah right which is not true for any of us right yeah right um so also every number has an unconscious childhood message and a lost childhood message and for two the unconscious childhood message or the message that they got or they get or they heard yeah. the message they heard is it's not okay to have your own needs 
This is probably since we didn't talk about it in our intro, really, mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about this. We talked about nature versus nurture right. and that we believe the Enneagram or your Enneagram type is nature, that you're just right. born that way. And so in that way, you're just set up to be able to hear or not hear. Yeah, it's like confirmation bias. Yeah. So it yeah. doesn't mean as a two that your mom went around saying every day, hey, it's not okay to have your own needs. Right, right. She might have. She might. It might have been very overt. And she, You might have had parents that really like, you know, had some, you know, they really might have been giving you that message loud and clear. But even if they weren't, you somehow are taking in the way they parented you with that and message. Interpreting, that's just how you're going to take in the world, take yeah. in what, what people are trying to give you. Mm-hmm. And even if someone were to say, let's see, the opposite of that, that I want to meet all your needs, right. and it's good to have your needs, you still couldn't take it in. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so a two's lost childhood message or the message they really needed to hear is you are wanted. Yeah. And Suzanne talks about, you know, she she's a two and she's adopted. And so she was kind of hardwired as a two to um, not feel wanted. But that's not because she was adopted necessarily, right? It's right. just because she was a two that she's responding to that adoption in that way. Whereas her daughter, Joey, as an eight, would have been like, you're damn lucky you got me, you know? Yes. So that's yes. just another example of kind of the nature-nurture yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, twos are walking through the world feeling feelings, um, and they're walking through the world feeling everyone else's feelings, um, and picking up on everyone else's feelings all the time, and processing um, all of that verbally, processing yes. everyone's feelings verbally, and kind of, you know, generally thinking they're their feelings, right? Their own feelings. But it's also how they bring up thinking, so that's... They need the to processing. be able to do it. Yeah. yeah. They need right. to be able to talk to you about it. Two is a number on the Enneagram that has no access to thinking energy. So the more you get into Enneagram work, that you realize that you're, you are your number, but you have a wing on either side of you that maybe has a different intelligence energy. And you go to different numbers in integration and disintegration or stress and security, however you want to describe that. But twos have no wing energy, no stress or security Mm -hmm. energy in, in the head triad. Right. So there's no access on any, in any way to them for, so they have to work extra hard. They have to work extra hard to bring up productive thinking. And then this is probably also a good time to mention that, We have found when we do introductions, you know, if you go back and listen, we talked about, no, 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 you can't be a 10, you can't be all the numbers, you can't have been a four and then you're an eight when you grow up, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. We also find that people get super attached to wings Mm -hmm. when they're first learning. Right. So... There's a lot of really energy focused around. on well, but yeah. I'm a two with a one wing, and and that might be helpful later, and right. it might, and all of those things can be true, but first you've got to really kind of drill into connect to your number, and so right. wings and arrows of stress and security. Can, we'll talk more about they're important in but community they can also and, be a distraction. Yeah, and so here at the beginning, mm-hmm. I think it's super important to know that a two. In all of those ways, 
cannot connect to the head triad. Right. Right. So they do not have anything moving in that direction. Right. And that's that just makes it extra hard. So twos as the giver, just they love to give and give and give, and they will give until they're empty and then can get resentful at, um, once they're empty that they're giving so much and nobody's taking care of them. Um, twos respond to the word need. So if you say you need something from a two, they're, they're just kind of hardwired to give it to you because they fundamentally believe that if you don't need them, you don't want them. And they confuse being needed with, with love and with self-worth. Yeah, they they have somehow connected being needed to being wanted, and it's right. really messy. Yeah. So, and also, um, pride being their sin passion, as we discussed earlier, really becomes evident in that they kind of um, believe that it's selfish if you're not doing that. So yeah. they're running around feeling everyone else's feelings and responding to everyone else's needs, and they think the rest of us who are not doing that are selfish. And so they have all this pride on board about how unselfish and loving and giving they are because they're taking care of everyone's needs, right? Right. right. And honestly, they're generally really good at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're we like really it. good givers. We like it. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. It's good. So twos have to work on boundaries and they have to be learned to say no. And a lot, And so a lot of times you're going to have to have stuff on board like a kind of an instant response when people ask you to do something mm-hmm. wherever you are that you got to check with spouse check with so-and-so check with your calendar which you do not have on Don't you somehow on right, right right and to give you some space and time to bring up thinking right and have some boundaries around um what you need to say no to yeah Right, because it's super hard to yes. say no. As I said earlier, when you ask a two what they need, they really have trouble answering you because they just really kind of don't know. Yeah. And uh, twos are afraid of actually getting what they want. So part of them not knowing, in a way, is a way in which they perpetuate this being able to meet everyone else's needs. Um, if we are actually able to meet a two's needs, it scares them. Yeah. Because then if we're meeting their needs, then how can they be valuable, you right. know, to us? Right. right? They, which every number has that, which is what's so tricky. Like we sabotage. Every number has self-sabotage. Self-sabotage. In a very specific way. Through our habitual way of being in the world, our, mm-hmm. that pattern way of being, we sabotage what we really want. Right. We, it just kind of gets We're going to go do exactly deeper. what the exact yeah. perfect thing to do to make sure we don't, don't get, get what it. our core is longing for, yes. right? It's yes. crazy. It's nutty. crazy. Nutty, nutty. Twos have trouble receiving accolades because they don't believe them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say they're sorry too much and have um, trouble occupying space. They um, feel like they're in the way. And... Um, my niece is a two and was here for Thanksgiving, and I told her when she went home that her homework was to stop saying she's sorry. Yeah. 
And and then my mother, who's a seven, so she's an aggressive number, was like, oh, don't tell her that. She <laughs> Don't tell her that. It's so important to know how to say you're sorry. Everybody, people are so, you know, yeah. people, everybody needs to know when they did something wrong. And I'm sitting there looking at my mom, the seven, going, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> but the reality is, I mean, again, that's why the Enneagram is so important. Yes. What a two needs to work on is not what a seven needs to work yes. on. And um, I know that my niece is very good at apologizing when she actually did something wrong. What she needs to work on, though, is saying sorry all the time for just being there. Yeah. You know, and just take up that space. So this would be a good time. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about kind of the gender space of twos. Oh, that's and what good. That- yeah. So I think and I, our experience, Lee and I, mm-hmm. my experience with um, Enneagram work and conferences and workshops we've been to is that a lot of times culturally women, particularly in the South, will just identify as a two because yeah. it's so culturally mandated that we be givers, that we respond to need, that we be pleasing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, a lot of times women will just raise their hand to say they're two and to just to find out later that no, they're they're not. And this again They goes just value back it. Culture values it. Behavior. Yeah. Right? So a lot of us might look like twos depending right. on where we kind of move and have our being, but what motivates us right. looks very different. Right. So this is particularly motivated by wanting to be wanted, right? Right. The, the, the Cultural norms about, for around that being female. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and my son's a four, and I love, I mean, maybe this is silly to say, but I love male twos and fours. <laughs> yeah. And they're not getting a whole lot of cultural accolades for being twos and fours. Right. But the reality is, is that that's like a, I see it as a superpower. Yeah. Um, because the, they have access to this thing that we want so badly from them. Yes. It's natural. Yeah. 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 So twos are uh, deeply empathic and perhaps the most empathic number on the on the Enneagram in that they are just hardwired to spend the most time um, naturally intuiting everyone's feelings. Yeah. Um, this can uh, be so much so that it's like uh, Suzanne describes them as a reed in the wind where their center is sort of hollow and they kind of don't know where their center is, but they know where everyone else needs them to be, which hampers their ability to be truly loved because what they're kind of putting out there for us to love is really uh, what everyone else needs. And so um, their, their deep, deep message that they want to be wanted, right, is not being validated because what they're putting out there for us to have relationship with is not the core of who they are. They are. Right. Which kind of creates a cycle for twos where they're just, uh, uh, they can get more and more desperate to be connected to people and be loved by people because they're perpetually putting out there what everyone else is feeling and getting responded to in a way that's not what they need. And so it ramps it up, and over time they can kind of be what uh, Suzanne describes as cloying mm-hmm. or treacly mm-hmm. is my word, which yeah. <laughs> is sticky, sticky and sticky. sweet, mm-hmm. and um, it can feel um, a little, what, confining it can or be, too I much. I think sometimes when, when you kind of describe what you did where they just start to feel a little desperate when they're not 
that feedback loop is mm-hmm. not quite what they want it to be, that it can start to feel a little manipulative right. because they they're going to move come in and try to meet your needs, even mm. if you don't want them to. Right. Or they might misread it a little bit, even though they're right. really good at it. Mm-hmm. They might um, kind of put themselves in your space in a way that you're you're not welcoming of it mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And so that's and that's kind of when they've spiraled into um, that space that. It's not healthy. That's not healthy. Right. Yeah. Which we all can. Right. Um, twos are naturally codependent, um, and they love to rescue people and are drawn to people who need to be rescued because mm-hmm. this makes them feel needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a tendency to martyr, and there's a lot of energy around that. Yeah. And I have two quotes, one from Brene Brown, and These to me so this is good. maybe the best quote of all time for a two. Resentment is a shitty but effective indicator light when I'm taking care of others in the wrong way. And by wrong way, I mean trying to control situations by looking generous, but really trying to protect my own self-interest. So good. And then Anne Lamott says, help is the sunny side of control. Stop helping so much. Don't get your help and goodness all over everybody. <laughs> so good. So, I mean. um, so a two, if you're a two, it's really important to ask yourself, what is your agenda when you extend yourself to help other people? Yeah. What yeah. are you, what are you really looking for? Yeah. What do you want in return when you help that person? And did that person ask you for their help? And my experience with twos in my life is when I say to them, did that person ask you for their help? They'll say, yeah, when they actually didn't. Never did. They never (laughs) asked them, and they just assume it was a yes. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for them to see that it's possible that anyone would not want their help, right? Because everybody wants it. Because really good at it. Right, right. Um, and again, it's selfish. It's, it would be selfish to not respond <laughs> to deny that way. the world, right? Such help, yeah. Um, and then um, maybe the most important question, if you're two, is what is the th- one thing that if I don't do it, no one else will? Mm-hmm. Suzanne describes herself as like she got asked to be on a board of directors when she had little children, and then on the same day, she also got told by the teacher that one of her kids had a sensory um, issue and she needed to do all these exercises with cotton balls and tongs tongs, and muffin tins and muffin tins and And so in the cotton ball yeah so that was an example she gave of saying no to the board of directors even though it meant a lot to her because she knew she the one thing that nobody else was going to do that she needed to do was the cotton balls with her kid yeah um so twos are often called seducers Mm -hmm. and that they are seducing you with compliments and seducing you with all the ways in which they love you and it can feel very very good and um we like it um and they are um kind of going after the one that they know they they can't seduce um so a two can walk into a room and have everybody wrapped around their finger, but they're super aware of the one that doesn't is just never going to be wrapped around their finger. Mm-hmm. And so what a two will do is spend most of their energy with that person that doesn't want them 
and try to get them and try to get them and try to get them. And so what's kind of bad about that is that they tend to not have any energy left over for the ones that they already have and that the ones who love them the most. Right. So they kind of wear themselves out with going after the ones that don't want them. That are going to keep, I mean, it's like they set themselves up for yeah. rejection right. for the very thing that they fear right. that they are not going to be wanted by being able to zero in on the one who just really is not interested right that they just go deeper into their personality by continuing to go after it just it just confirms their that they're not wanted message right, right it right. just they set themselves up for that confirmation when right. there could be a ton of people around Mm -hmm. them already who love them dearly and want to have Mm -hmm. more of a reciprocal Mm -hmm. so i think it's one of those situations where you can really you can learn to self observe there and stop yourself and nathaniel does it for me because i do think everyone in the heart triad does this Mm -hmm. to an extent for different reasons Mm -hmm. but um you can he will stop me and say here are all the things that are lined up that are you know are he, that are good and that yeah. are working and yeah. here are all the people in the room that like your art or whatever yes. you know who has said something to you about your art you know but instead i'm going to be focused on the one person that didn't say something yeah and um uh let that color my entire experience and so i think twos do that relationally and uh they they yeah. they they see the one person that they perceive doesn't want them, and they let that color their entire experience. And that's such a beautiful like beginning to start talking about the transformative work mm-hmm. that the Enneagram can give you is a tool to do. So yeah. if I am a two, and I move into a space and can observe myself going after this one person who kept keeps kind of putting their arm up and keeping me at a distance, if I can stop. And know that that's that's probably always going to hurt me or not feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm never not going to not notice that person probably. Mm -hmm. But if I can at least pull myself back and start to Mm -hmm. be in relationship and receive the love of the other folks in the room, that's... That's the yeah. transformative piece of bringing up thinking, yeah. right? That's it. Yeah. To not make my whole self-worth and maybe I chain or what, however mm-hmm. I do that to think that this, to give all my power to that one person, one person. who could care less. Right, right. right. That, that's, and I think it starts with recognizing yeah. that they could care less. Like, I think that there's just so many ways you can tell yourself that they're not giving you the stiff arm, right? Right. Which allows you to keep, to keep going after them. At them. So yeah. the first part is to recognize that they're giving you the stiff arm, <laughs> yes. right? And yes. then the second part is to see all the other people turn in the room around. who are not. Turn right. around and walk the other direction. Turn around and walk yeah. the other direction. Let's see. What else can I say? Um, they assume that if they are meeting your needs, that you're going to meet theirs. It's un- unsaid. Even though they don't know what their own needs are, they assume you're going to meet them. Somehow. Because mm-hmm. they're empathic and they're meeting yours, right? Yeah. Also, twos will merge with what a group wants or what their spouse wants or what their friends want because they want to be pleasing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they want you to... They want to meet your needs. They want to meet your needs. And a nine will also do that, yeah. um, but it's more to keep the peace. 
So they have the same activity, but for different reasons. And Suzanne's story is that she, as a two, and her husband as a nine, are going to get dinner, and the kids want pizza, and her husband wants Italian, and she wants seafood, let's say. And by the time they get to the restaurant, she still wants seafood. The kids win. The kids win. Mm -hmm. She still wants seafood, but she's going with it because she wants to be pleasing, and she wants to take care of everybody but her husband as a nine really really actually wants pizza yeah if and i will just we can get to this when we get to the nine (laughs) if we really didn't care what we wanted in the first place but if a nine actually like if you're hell bent had a decision on we would we would not actually merge. Right. But I think the reality is you're just not going to die on that hill. As a nine, you're not, you don't really care that much. Yeah. It's just not that big a deal. If you do, we just won't go and go where we want to go. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So healthy twos are just really able to kind of let people in their life come and go and have freedom because they are able to see that that's okay. Um, Yeah. And they can kind of set the people that love them free. Um, and they practice saying no enough and they practice their boundaries enough that they, when they have them, they kind of come out gracefully. Because what happens when twos don't practice their boundaries is they get, it's that kind of repressed center we were talking about that comes out awkwardly. So they yeah. say no and it can be a little aggressive, right? Or it can be a little hostile because they're, yeah. it, they're so uncomfortable using that. Or they're so empty. They've, they they're, just that they're have mad. given and given and they're, given that they just kind of they explode. feel used. They kind of have explode. to to protect yeah. themselves. So a two that's, that's a healthy two is working on their boundaries all the time mm-hmm. and can say no in a really graceful way. Yeah. And that's their life's work. Absolutely. This, yeah. And also a healthy two understands that not everybody loves them and that's okay too. Yeah. And they don't have to be aligned with everybody and people don't have to be aligned with them and people cannot love them. And it's okay. And I think I'm just thinking about the twos that I know, and really any dependent stance um, number, that it's so good for two to find a handful of people, maybe maybe that know the Enneagram. I think that's always helpful. Where they can process this stuff out loud. Yeah. Where they can say out loud. I'm doing this. You know, Mr. So-and-so over there doesn't like me. And the person on the other end of the line can say, who in the hell is Mr. So-and-so? Right. Why Why do you right. care? Right. Or is Let's my, talk my, through this. Yeah. My friend Katie says, that's none of your business. Right. What, what, what Mr. So-and-so <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. none right. of your business. So just to say that out loud yeah. to someone who is going to be like, what? Why are you ruminating on Mm. this person Mm -hmm. why are you chaining all of this stuff together that has nothing to do with who you are to have that person maybe more gently than i just said but to to be able to say the things out loud where you're living in your heart where you're Mm -hmm. getting your identity from Mm -hmm. and for someone to say gosh that's not who you are that it doesn't matter right ultimately and then to for that person to kind of help you find your way back mm-hmm. uh, to your true true self yeah center yeah so helpful yes um a healthy two can feel rejection and neglect and not jump in to do something about it yes so that's really the ability to catch yourself before that cycle starts so yeah. 
to know that you got rejected and then it hurts, mm-hmm. right? But then just to to let that be what it is and nothing more. Yeah. And not try to fix it. Yeah. Not go after it. Yeah. Just let it be. And do you think in do, doing that, that's kind of how we're building the muscle? Mm-hmm. And I would even, for some reason, the word that's coming to me is balm, kind of like the, the salve of knowing when you kind of practice standing in that space that mm-hmm. you find the truth that you're wanted mm-hmm. on some other deeper level. Some other space. So, mm-hmm. and, and that's going to sound Pollyannish right. or like kind of sappy. <laughs> but I do think when two start to do that work, mm-hmm. they start to understand that truth on a deeper level. That yeah. in a way that only they can. Right. You know, we could talk about it till we're blue in the face, but when they start, that's the, that's the work and the magic of the Enneagram mm-hmm. is that they start to be able to look inside themselves and know they're wanted mm-hmm. versus Ver- putting that in regardless everyone else. Of any, regardless of any uh, circumstances yeah. or reaction to them. Yeah. Right? And that they start to build that in yes. themselves. And I think maybe most importantly, or I don't know if it's most important, but very importantly, is to conserve their energy, to love their inner circle well and fiercely without any strings attached. Yeah. I think the main thing is that they're conserving their energy for the people who who deserve it. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe deserve is the wrong word, but who are there for it. Yeah. Who are already there for it. And And... Like, I think about the twos I know, and I'm so grateful. And it makes me so, like, two that I'm thinking of right now, being able to buy them a Christmas present, you know, during Uh this time, is like the biggest challenge, and I love it so much. I bought one the other day, and I cannot (laughs) wait. Um, That the opportunity to be loved and to love a two it's so great for us, us that are not twos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I'm so grateful for the twos in my world. Yeah, they love yeah. us well. They love us so well. Yeah. All right. So that's what we have for two. And stay tuned for all the other numbers. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. So this has been a lot of fun, Elizabeth Chapin. And been. we hope that you who are listening uh, also kind of get the deeper purpose of this work and learning of the Enneagram and that you'll join us by either visiting our website or Instagram to form community in Austin that's doing the big work of transforming and supporting one another uh, and being our true selves, Mm -hmm. right? Having this discussion every week, thinking about who am I? How am I utilizing this tool as transformative work? And I'm so grateful. And it's that the thought of people going to our website or going to the <laughs> pot, podcast or um, checking out our Instagram makes me super uncomfortable and super nervous and excited because I want to do this work with other people. And we yes. hope that folks listening to this podcast want to do the transformative work mm-hmm. in community. Yes. And, and I would, that's I would, super exciting. I would me. like to form an Austin community that, that wants to show up for each other in that way and and call each other to our better selves i love it okay i'm excited me too so we are at austin enneagram uh that's our website and our instagram yeah 
And if you want to contact us for workshops or questions. Mm-hmm. Or check out when we start doing number nights. Right. All of that will be through our Instagram, actually. We will announce our number nights through Instagram. Mm-hmm. And also you can DM us through Instagram. Right now, I think that's the easiest way to get us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Okay.